Welcome to the Andrew Young School Podcast, where each month we interview a member of the Andrew Young School community who embodies the school's charge to think ahead and innovate in the fields of criminal justice, economics, public management and policy, social work, and urban studies. This episode is the second in our three-part series celebrating the Andrew Young School's 25th anniversary. For this episode, we have convened a panel of influential faculty from throughout the school's history to discuss the past 25 years and offer thoughts on the school's future. The panel consists of Jan Ivory, Jorge Martinez, Karen Minyard, Paula Stefan, and John Thomas. Their conversation is moderated by our Dean, Sally Wallace. Thanks, Taylor, and thanks to all of you for participating with us. Um, this is a very special thing that we're doing to document uh, 25 years of the Andrew Young School. And we have had so many people help us along the way and, and you know, including you all developing the school. So I'm, I'm anxious to, to have this conversation with you and, and want to thank you again. So I wanted, wanted to start off by you know, taking us back uh, 25 years ago. And just, just after Atlanta hosted the Olympics in 1996, the Andrew Young School was, was formed. I'd like you to think about where you were at that point. Tell us a little bit about what your role was in forming this new college. And I'm going to pick on Jorge first. Well, um, thank you for having me here. Uh, I came to uh, Georgia State, um, I think, in 1978. So it will have been almost two decades that I, I was in Georgia State before the, um, the Andrew Young School of Policy Studies uh, got started. Um, my role, well, was like everybody else to support the school. We were ready to move on. Um, perhaps uh, what I, I do remember is that uh, Sam Scoxted was um, doing international work with USAID, and so I connected with Sam Scoxted, did some work in Grenada after the invasion uh, liberation from the U.S., uh, and then did some work in Jamaica um, with the USAID. And there I met Roy Ball, and um, and then with... uh, with Paula and with Dave Chokwes and, and Sam Skokstad and others, uh, we brought uh, finally Roy to um, to Georgia State, and so that was sort of the beginning of uh, the international work we did, but also the connection how uh, we got Roy Ball to um, to DSU and how then. All of us uh, got to start together about the the Andrew Jones School of Policy Studies. That's great. I, I have a lot of uh, happy memories about seeing that transition happen as well. Paula, can I turn it over to you? I, I came to Georgia State in the fall of 1971, so I've been here about 25 years when the college um, was formed. Now, the decision to form a college or to really break away from two other colleges and form a new college was pretty political. Indeed, it was quite political. Um, Certain colleges were not in favor of our forming a new unit, and I was pretty much involved in the politics of it because um, I think it was in the fall of 1993 I was elected to the University Senate, and after I was in the Senate, I was 
elected to the Senate Executive Committee, and then I ended up chairing the Senate Executive Committee. And there was a, um, the, the politics of it were that it was going to be, the formation of the college would be voted on by the Executive Committee, and then if the Executive Committee recommended it, it would go to the full Faculty Senate. And it was either in late April or early May of 1996 that we voted on it at the executive committee. It passed by one vote, and then it went to the full Senate probably the next week, and it was endorsed at the full Senate. So that was really um, the beginning of it. And soon after that, Roy asked me if I'd be the associate dean. So that's pretty much my role in the founding of the college. I think we should send you to Washington, Paula, to get some things done. <laughs> John, you were a um, relative newcomer at this point in time. How did, how did the landscape look, look to you? Uh, well, yeah, certainly relative to, uh, to Paula and, and Jorge. I came in 1993. I w was recruited to become the director of uh, what was then the School of Public Administration and Urban Studies. It was a call to school because it had combined two departments, public administration and uh, and urban studies. Uh, so I was there when the uh, <clears throat> when the idea of creating the new new college uh, came up, and uh, and I was asked early. Uh, well, I'm not sure. I was trying to remember when it was. Uh, I was asked. I really kind of. Uh, Sort of confidentially uh, about what our opinion would be about the the new college, um, and, uh, and and my initial reaction was uh, was excitement. I mean, I went. I said, I can't. I mean, this was, I guess, an initial conversation with the provost. I said, I can't commit the uh, our department to it, but I think they'll be supportive. And I went back and talked to. Uh, uh, select few senior faculty, and and that was the uh, that was the feeling. So, um, <clears throat> I've, since I was the director, and then then when we became because we we couldn't stay at school in another school uh, when we became a department, I was the chair. And in terms of my my role, I guess in the creation development of the college, I was the I was the lead person in our. Uh, in our department, uh, which ultimately, of course, became public public policy and management, uh, but that was uh, that was a uh, more than a decade later, I think. Yeah, it's 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 so interesting, and I don't think folks have any idea of how difficult it was to put this together and how much work you all did. You know, the, the, the politicking, the financing, talking to, to other units. Karen, you have yet another sort of role in, in this, and I believe you were working with Jim Ledbetter at the time that the, the school was being developed. How did health policy, the Health Policy Center, become such an integral part of the Andrew Young School? And when do you think that happened? Thank you, Sally, and it's great to be here with all of you. Um, it, it happened really immediately with the beginning of the the Andrew Young School, although in those first days it wasn't yet called the Andrew Young School. We had to wait until we had the naming ceremony, but um, the, the Georgia Health Policy Center started out with the idea that it would be a 501c3, and there was a governance group that included legislators, providers, business leaders, consumers, philanthropy, and 
a 501c3 was formed, but one of the members of the group was on the faculty at uh, Georgia State University, and he said, well, we'll make a home for the Georgia Health Policy Center in the university, and that will mean that you won't have to set up your own infrastructure, and that will be a good way to get started, and then you can launch the 501c3 later. So we were in the university kind of as a free-floating entity before the Andrew Young School was formed. And when it was formed, then if we're the Georgia Health Policy Center and we're going to have the Andrew Young School of Policy Studies, it makes sense for us to be a part of that. So it was just a natural thing for us to become a part of the Andrew Young School when it first formed because we were already focused on policy. Yeah, and what a huge part of the school you have become. If I could pass it back to to this group and tell us a little bit about what excited you about developing this new school, perhaps what you saw as the mission and the unique advantages of the Andrew Young School of Policy Studies as it was launched. Paula, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to you. Well, I think our unique advantage was that you know we went into the formation of the school having done lots of policy work or members of the school had been doing lots of policy work, both at the local, state, national, and international level, um, long before the school was formed. I mean, it depended on whether it, at some points it was primarily state or local, sometimes it was international or national, but we were doing quite a bit of policy work, but we didn't really have a way of wrapping it all together and letting people know what we were doing and letting students know what we were doing. So I've always thought that the formation of the college really allowed us to capitalize and build on on what we were doing in all of these policy-related research that, that we'd already been doing and to bring it to the forefront. And I have always thought that it helped immensely that we were at an urban university located just blocks from the capital. Yep, I can see the gold dome right out my window now. Right. <laughs> Jorge, what, what's your take on this? Well, I think uh, Paula uh, has it right. I mean, so our mission was very clear to to uh, to bring policy relevance, bring the world, bring the city, the state, the nation, international, global uh, arena uh, into the school into what we were doing, um, trying to um, to do a good, standing academic work, but also to combine it with uh, with policy relevant uh, work. And uh, you know, we were all very excited, and and uh, we had a, a clean slate uh, to to build. And uh, as Paula said, we had that previous experience. Uh, domestically, we have been doing um, uh, tax reforms in different states. Um, we had all these people that had worked with the state of Georgia and the city of Atlanta. And we also had been working internationally. So we had already had, by then, several important international projects funded by USAID and the World Bank. And so that, you know, allow us to uh, 
start start running from the from 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 the beginning. Um, and so, um, I think I think we did it. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've done it quite well. <laughs> Karen, Karen, you alluded to you know your excitement for bringing policy and, and the Health Policy Center into the Andrew Young School. Is there any sort of unique advantage that you thought early on that just really hit you and said, you know, we're we're going to be able to do so much more because we are this? You're right that I was excited that we had the opportunity to be part of research, policy, and practice uh, all of those things as we went about our work. But the thing that I think best answers your question is that when you're working in health policy in a broad way, there are a lot of different stakeholders. So there are stakeholders, for example, in the College of Business and Health Administration, or there are stakeholders in public health. Uh, with the college now of public health. And for us, all of these years of being grounded in what is a more neutral place for policy of the Andrew Young School of Policy Studies has been very important to our work. And it has felt like a powerful place to be. We aren't aligned with any one stakeholder and or stakeholder group. And we we can do our work from a solid base. And it doesn't hurt that we can say we're the Andrew Young School of Policy Studies because that's another thing that brings esteem to us. And, and John, you know, as you mentioned, you came from the, the School of Public Administration and you became one of two groundbreaking departments that formed this new school. What excited you? Or what did you see as the mission of the Andrew Young School of Policy Studies? Well, I I think maybe it was initial conversations with Roy. I mean, I did not know much about the Policy Research Center, much about the Department of Economics, but it was pretty clear in the initial conversations and and a uh, perception that held up that that there was was a commonality in what what the two departments were about, because we were very much about scholarly research with practical policy relevance. And I, I mean, I think we're more on the consistent with public administration, public management, more on the administrative management side. But but that uh, that was our orientation, too. And when I learned what uh, what you folks were about in economics, I saw that that kind of match in it. <clears throat> and I thought we had a compatibility and I've never uh, never been disabused of uh, of that notion. And to, to do that and to add on, I guess, the component I'd add on is the uh, uh, the potential within that school to also train students and practitioners for leadership roles in public affairs and, and public policy as a uh, as another element of the school. And that was that was exciting to me and uh and as I gradually shared it with more and more faculty, it was exciting to the uh, to the faculty. I don't think there were ever any uh any faculty who said, I'm not sure we should be uh doing this. I always love to to talk to folks as we're recruiting new faculty and all and, and one thing I always say is that you know, research and, and teaching at the Andrew Young School is looking out. You know, we're not looking in, we're looking, we're looking out. I'm going to change our, our um, conversation a little bit and, and jump to some more recent history and, and through this invite our colleague Jan Ivory into the conversation. Uh, most folks don't know 
much of the background of the formation of the school, nor are they aware that when it was formed in 1996, uh, there was a discussion with the Department of Criminal Justice and the School of Social Work about becoming part of the Andrew Young School of Policy Studies. Now, as Paula mentioned, there's lots of politics with these kinds of changes, and it was not to be at that point in time. But... You know, 15 years later, in 2011, we were very happy to welcome the School of Social Work and the Department of Criminal Justice and Criminology to the Andrew Young School. And I think it is such a nice fit for so many, so many reasons. Jan, I want to turn it over to you and get your thoughts on this. Um, Social Work joined Andrew Young just, I think, just after you had come to Georgia State. What do you remember about the conversation at the time and... Can you give us a little bit of insight about how social work felt about joining? Um, Ashley, thank you, Sally. And this has been interesting to hear this history because when we started the discussions, when it became clear that our current college, where we were at the time, the College of Health and Human Services, we were housed with nursing and the other health professions and criminal justice. Um, That was the only college I had known since I came to Georgia State in 2004. So some of you um, mentioned kind of this excitement, kind of uncertainty and questioning of what does it look like going into a new school? Although we weren't forming a school, our current college was um, breaking up and we were kind of going our separate ways. So at the time there was optimism, Um, uncertainty. But at the time in our school's history, um, our MSW program had been well established with its sole concentration on community partnerships. And in the world of social work, that's unique. So for us, coming into um, AYS and Andrew Young School, on paper, intuitively, it made sense. It was a policy school. And in social work, we work with a variety of client systems, not just the individual, but we also work with political advocacy, We work with organizations and communities. And so it made sense, but it was just kind of a question, well, how does it fit that we're coming from a profession that's really applied and practice-oriented into a school that was focused on policy? We were looking forward to the opportunity because even though policy has been included in part of our practice models and the work that we do, we weren't the experts as so many of the others that were in the school. So we did welcome that opportunity to see how our talent can align what was already going on with the policy folks here in the school. And I think we're all so much richer for social work and criminal justice being being part of the school. We'd like to have some some fun with the next couple of questions. And um, but I'd love to hear about, you know, an early experience that you had in, after the Andrew Young School was formed, something that perhaps um, was unexpected, something maybe you were able to do because we were a school of policy studies that you had not had the opportunity to do before, or a funny encounter with with the folks that we work with. Paula, I'm going to look at, I'm looking at you first, because I know that the politics are always interesting, but there's tons of other things that you did as well, too. Well, I think one of the big surprises when we started the college was that for those of us who've been here a long time, we thought there were rules about everything within Georgia State. And once we were an independent unit, it was a big surprise to realize that some of the things that we'd been told were rules really didn't exist anywhere except in the college where we'd been or the unit where we'd been. (laughs) And we found that there was just a whole lot of flexibility. On the other hand, a lot of things that had been done by other units for us suddenly stopped being done. And I remember once coming home and saying, 
that I felt like we were just trying to keep the power plugged in <laughs> to be sure we were still kind of connected to Georgia State. And then there was the day I was in the old gym one day, and I looked up and I saw all those banners that are used or used to be used for graduation, and I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, graduation is like in three weeks, and we don't have a banner, and we're graduating <laughs> students. So I came back, and I forget who was doing PR at the time, and we got on the phone, and we ordered a banner, and we went and got it put up in time for graduation. And that just is kind of how um, on the cuff we were dealing with things. Oh, that's neat. Karen, how about you? I was um, not the director at the beginning. As you mentioned, Jim Ledbetter was the director. And after six years, he decided to leave and take a position at the University of Georgia. And I was going to be the acting director while they did a formal search. And he had um, been responsible for all the money, money, all the issues about budget. And I knew what he had allotted for my project, but I didn't know the overall picture. And so he said he was going to give me an orientation to the Georgia Health Policy Center budget, the money. And he said, we have a big contract. This was in August. We have a big contract with Medicaid that ends in October, and there's nothing else on the horizon. So unless you can come up with some additional resources, or unless you get that federal contract that you applied for, I'm not sure you want to take this on. Sometimes I think about that, that really at that point in that transition, uh, we were really starting from scratch with really no external resource. But we did get the federal contract and the Medicaid department renewed our, our work a little bit and then we built from there. And I don't know, Sally, maybe that's why I keep being in this building mode because I came from this place of, oh my gosh, we, we're in trouble here. That must have been a little terrifying and uh, maybe led you down this path, as you say, to never stop applying for grants and, 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 and uh, the federal and state and now international work that you're doing. Jan, again, we know that you're, rel- you're a relatively new faculty member in the Andrew Young School, but is there a, a fun story? One of my favorites, and it isn't just one particular story, but I think maybe the first two years that we were in AYS, the question of, I know social workers do more than work with children, but what is exactly that you all do? So I think probably for those first two years, um, it was kind of a, what do you all do again? I know you all fit with us, but I'm not really sure. And it's funny because it wasn't ever done with any malicious intent, but I think it just really showed this of how we have so many divergent interests, but they fit well. And so I haven't gotten that question as frequent recently. What do you do? What do social workers do again? (laughs) John, you have a favorite story? I spent about, it was at least six months, it may have been longer, knowing that the that that the the policy college we were thinking of then was was being talked about and in the works. I spent six months or more uh, with knowing that with uh, with my dean at the time, not knowing that, um, <laughs> and that was a uh, I was called in at at one point um, 
uh, by her when she found out and she told me to stop talking to the provost and my the answer I should have had was that I didn't have was what do I do if he talks to me <laughs> which is how I found out about the idea in the first place and Jorge I have purposely put you last on this question because you and I share some Vegas stories that uh, I'm, I'm curious yeah, what, you, what yeah. one you're going to pull out yeah many stories um one that I remember quite vividly is that uh, we started uh, traveling internationally. We had this uh, tax reform project in Guatemala. And so I had to stay there for three weeks at a time, sometimes two weeks, three weeks. What I remember is that when I came back, you know, I had my expenses, the hotel, the airplane and so on, and there was laundry. And so we sent those expenses to, to Georgia for reimbursement, and they came back and said everything is like is uh, reimbursed except laundry. Uh, the state of Georgia does not does not compensate uh, for laundry uh, services to anybody. <clears throat> so it took it took a while to uh, to uh, to uh, the administration at Georgia State University to adapt to uh, to the international setting. My uh, biggest story, of course, is uh, the Russian project, which uh, was $22 million and uh, was the largest in the university. And it was very exciting. I think the largest still in history. Very exciting going back and forth and, um, and you know, uh, many adventures uh, involving you, uh, Dean Wallace, uh, uh, taking uh, uh, two suitcases of uh, diapers for your children. To Moscow and being detained at customs in Moscow, <laughs> interrogated as an <laughs> illegal uh, trader uh, in uh, in diapers, um, taking um, uh, cash for um, for the whole office in Moscow uh, in, in my socks and underwear, whatever, because um, <laughs> there was um, a shortage of uh, cash and then you couldn't get uh, dollars out of the machines. Anyway, uh, it was fun. It was exciting. Um, you know, uh, I think we were blessed. Um, uh, for me, it was fun to work, uh, to go to work and, um, and to do things and see the world and wonderful colleagues and, and all the training that went with the graduate students that went on to the World Bank, to the IMF and so on. Just uh, good, good, good life, good stories. Lots of good stories. I'll tell one on myself. It's uh, our international work was just budding from this policy perspective, and um, Jorge and Roy were going off to the big places in Moscow and um, countries that people knew the names of. And I got my first assignment and ran down the hall all excited, and then had to run back down the hall and said, uh, "Where is Uzbekistan?" I had no idea <laughs> where it was or what it was about. If, if you all could think back a little bit now um, in, in reflection and when when the college was started, so don't take yourselves back over that period of time, is there any advice that you would have given the Andrew Young School as it was being developed 25 plus years ago or anything that you would have done differently in terms of your role in developing the Andrew Young School? Karen. Well, it's not exactly 25 years ago, but there was a period of time um, where I guess the advice or the idea would be if you have any control over leadership's leadership transitions, don't change the dean 
provost and the president of the university all at the same time. <laughs> I, I remember that and uh, as a, a very tumultuous period and um, it's hard when you're working in a situation like this and you lose all of your advocates in the university that you've had and really advocates in the state as a whole because we're a part of the state government and the legislature and the board of regents. So <laughs> I guess I might say, think a, if there's any chance to think about transitions in leadership, don't let that happen again. John, any advice you would give the young Andrew Young School? Well, I, uh, I, I thought about that. And there's, there's one thing, although I think it was, I think it was unavoidable. Paula would know this. Uh, we we spent a lot of time on uh, on hiring faculty for joint appointments with other departments, and that did not succeed, <laughs> probably at any level. So I think, yeah. I mean, I don't think those went very far, but I suspect we were, that was part of the notion that we were going to be interdisciplinary, so we had to, uh, had to be tied to other colleges. Yeah, good, good point. Paula? Well, I think John raises a, a really interesting point, and I think it brings up um, how one gets resources. And at the time we were founded, I think, I'm, in, in my heart, I really believe in these joint appointments, and I think there's a lot to be gained from them, but, but the politics of joint appointments, as John points out, are just so tricky for the person who holds them. But it was, it was certainly one way for the Andrew Young School to get some more lines, as we used to call them, for hiring new faculty, and one way to get other colleges to have any support for us. And I haven't been involved in getting resources for the college now for at least 10 years, so I can't speak to that. But I, I, I do think that philosophically the idea of joint appointments is great. But making them work, particularly for the person who holds them, is really challenging. It is. It is. Jorge, what would you tell the uh, infant Andrew Young School of Policy Studies? Well, um, not much. I mean, uh, we have been quite successful. But two things, uh, I would say, just reflecting back. One is, one is to keep... Uh, the steady pace uh, on on your uh, objectives and, and values. Um, so you know we we wanted to be a policy school and uh, to get recognition to be to be looked at uh, as a place to come for policy advice and that uh, required specialization required to uh, focusing resources into a reduced number of areas. I think one thing that happened very, very soon, very fast, is that we went broad. Uh, uh, it's a natural tendency, but uh, we lost uh, over over the years. We lost intensity and, and reach and capacity, and that has to do also with another piece of advice, which is uh, leverage, leverage resources, uh, go out and 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 raise more uh, more resources. You know, yeah, Paula was talking about how smart we had to be to, to get resources within, but uh, what we were very successful with was bringing resources from outside, and that let us do many things that other schools uh, could not do. Uh, in terms of conferences, in terms of uh, 
bringing uh, visitors or scholars and many other things. And uh, I would say that, that uh, you know, we might have forgotten the lesson also a little bit down the road. Jan, um, how about your perspective on what you would tell a young Andrew Young school other than to say, don't ask me what social workers do? <laughs> um, actually, I just think one of the things that's resonated throughout this conversation is to be a good citizen of the university. And by that means of terms of being able to leverage resources um, internally and also how to maintain those collegial relationships with other units. Because when I think of our experience of coming into Andrew Young, if those relationships and that foundation hadn't been there, it may not have worked out the way that it has with the transition. So I would just say be a citizen of the university as well externally and other units and work well and play nice with others. I, I really think there's there's something to um, longevity of some of us, you know, how long we have been here, because those relationships are so much easier to to move forward when people trust each other and, and have an understanding of their background. The, the very last thing I, I would love to hear your thoughts on is what do you see as the future for a policy school, for the Andrew Young School of Policy Studies? And, you know, it could be in terms of research, in terms of growth, what we look like, where we go, what we teach. Love to hear your thoughts on what you think our future is. And, and John, I'm going to pick on you first, if you don't mind. No, that's, that's okay. I mean, I think, I mean, I think it's, it seems to me it's a bright future. I mean, it's always hard to tell the future. But the 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 elements that we had at the outset, which is the the shared sense of mission coming together with a shared sense of mission that I don't think we really had to create. Uh, and that, that's uh, what we talked about earlier, the scholarly focus, but also the focus on, um, uh, on applied problems at the same time. I think that remains. I think, I mean, one of the things I used to uh, used to say to, in fact, still say to students, prospectively, when they come in, I say, this is a high energy place. And I, and I felt that for <laughs> Since uh, certainly since the school was formed, I think that's still the case, uh, and and that works in our favor. And there, I know some other things I'm not thinking of right right offhand. Uh, I I think what also may work in our f favor, and this may just be my uh, my uh, optimism, but I think we uh, we will see in the near future some uh, return to uh, putting more value on public service, and uh, and with that, I think we uh, we're situated well to uh, to to be a Center for research and for uh, for training for education. When uh, when there is more more uh, concern, more interest in public service than say there's been in uh, in recent years. Karen, well, it's it's interesting uh, when I think about this question because when I was first uh, asked to be the full-time director of the Georgia Health Policy Center 20 years ago, almost exactly now, Roy wrote me a letter and he said. There are five things that I want you to do. One is continue the strong policy analysis and implementation work in the state of Georgia. Make us a center of choice. Develop the work of us as a nationally prominent center. Lead the raising of external funds. Manage the center efficiently and prudently. And when he said that, he didn't write it in the letter. 
he said, I don't want to see you in the news or anything you've done in the news. Just keep a clean shop. And then implement a strategy that makes the Health Policy Center a more integral part of the academic and research missions of the Andrew Young School. And it's amazing to me how much those five things are still relevant and how much we continue to build on that. But what I would add is my excitement about the work that we've done over the last few years to think about policy in a digital world. And we have a lot of opportunity in in the Health Policy Center to contribute to that because we have these opportunities to participate in some telehealth projects, especially related to some things around the pandemic. And we also have this opportunity to continue to build this partnership around health information technology that we have with the College of Business. So that part excites me to be able to keep with the old things that were recommended, but also build into these new opportunities. Jan, your thoughts? I think where we go in the future is building upon the legacy and the foundation to begin to tackle contemporary issues, such as the diversity and the equity conversations that we've been having. I think we're very well suited to look at a lot of these issues from the policy perspective, the intervention perspective, the research perspective. And I think we have an opportunity to be a leader in that arena. And on top of that, I think we also can take a lead in preparing the next generation of our students who are going into the public service. Um, How do they make a difference? I think as John alluded to, we're in a time now where I shouldn't call them the kids, but the kids, they all want to change the world, start movements, do social justice. And I think we have an opportunity to nurture that and plant those seeds in students who may not be in social work or public policy, but they can do it in their respective fields of how an economist can see, oh, this is how I can use my knowledge of the economy to make a difference in the world. So. And Jorge, last word. Okay, well, um, this is not an easy question, actually. I think... <laughs> Look, if the past is uh, is a good predictor of the future, uh, the future is bright. We have we've come from nothing. We were just a bunch of uh, guys, you know, in the middle of <laughs> almost in the middle of nowhere. Basically, no no much resources, and we built a school that uh, is uh, nationally recognized, is world recognized. I mean, you know, GSU. And the Andrew Young School of, of Policy Studies is, is known around the world. Uh, we have work in 90 plus countries, and we have legacy, we have students, we have projects. So I think uh, I like what John said that, uh, you know, let's continue building on our strengths. Those, those, are, those accomplishments, uh, that recognition, is that intangible capital that uh, all the schools fight for and so hard to get. We got it. Let's not squander it. I, I don't think we will. Also, we need to modernize. We need to go forward. Uh, the world is changing. Uh, the digital world is there, the challenge. And you, Sally, you've been leading big change in the college uh, to take advantage of that. And that, that, that's very positive. That is kind of the sign of the time. So we have to change, we have to evolve. But uh, let's, not, uh, uh, let's not do that at the cost of um, you know, sacrificing, diluting our strengths. Um, we will never have the resources of Harvard or, uh, or of other big universities. But uh, you know, we 
we will continue to compete and compete well because we we believe in what we do and we have fun with it and we're good at it. So there. That's great. That's a, a perfect last word. Well, again, I want to um, offer my my appreciation and gratitude for the time that you spent with us, but also for everything that you have put into the school for many, many years. Um, this, this school has done so much over the period of time, but it was built on folks like you coming in at different points in time to give us the, the strength and the, the ability to do top quality research, teaching, support our students, and be engaged in our communities, whether they're very local or very international. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a real special place, as you all know, and a large part of that goes to you for all the work that you have done developing it and supporting it. With that, I will close this discussion. And again, thank, thanks so much for your time. And Taylor, back to you. The Andrew Young School podcast is produced by me, Taylor Olmsted, with production assistance on this episode from Jennifer Giratano. Our executive producer is Ivani Raval. We are a production of Georgia State University's Andrew Young School of Policy Studies, located in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. To learn more about the Andrew Young School, visit us online at aysps.gsu.edu or follow us on social media at aysps.gsu. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to leave a review for us in your podcast app of choice. And we'll be back next month with the third installment of our 25th anniversary series from the Andrew Young School of Policy Studies at Georgia State University.